welcome to the new season of the Second Victim Podcast. Let's talk about supporting health professionals when something goes wrong. After some months of silence, we came back with new episodes. These episodes are focused on describing second victim support programs or other related interventions in a simple way. We selected 10 second victim support programs and in each episode you can listen to people that are leading or making part of these interventions. Are you ready to start this journey with 10 inspired spots? This podcast is part of the Ernst Training School and I'm the Ernst Training School Coordinator. My name is Sofia Garrapaiva and thank you so much for spending your time with us. In this podcast, we talk with Inge Bondiri and Sandra Fornajo from Zuiderland Medical Center in Netherlands. Inge Bondiri is a psychologist and currently works as Senior Policy Advisor in Quality and Patient Safety in this institution, and Sandra Fornajo is Clinical Psychiatrist and have been involved in the peer support program in Zuiderland Medical Center for several years. Today, we will present you the second victim peer support program implemented in their medical center and we will now listen to them talking about this peer support program and its impact. Hello to all. Well, today we have a different format. I'm very curious about how uh, this will happen. And today we have here with us Sandra and Inga, and they will just share all information about this peer support program in an interactive way. Uh, so I will be just here, listen to them, and I hope that you enjoy as much as I will do. Hello, good morning. How are you? I'm very curious about your program and when it started, how it works, uh, and what type of resources do you need. So, can you explain yeah. us a little bit better how it works, this amazing peer support program? With pleasure. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> well, today we talk about our experience with seven years of peer support in a large teaching hospital in the Netherlands called Zuiderland. Yes, and Sandra, would you like to kick off? Let me ask you, in Zuiderland, we've had some seven years of experience now with a peer support system. What would you say is the main thing we've learned over these years? Well, over the years, we came to realize it's all about a normalization process. Creating a safe and trusting culture in our hospital where it is normal that healthcare professionals understand that their own well-being and that of their co-workers is essential for quality care and patient safety. Mm -hmm. A culture in which it is normal to speak up to each other about adverse events and other distressing events in the workplace. Mm -hmm. But we are still evolving, Inge. Huh? <laughs> What would you say was helpful along the way? Yes. Uh, well, back in 2015, our colleague, Dr. Rianne Wennekes, she started a peer support team with doctors, nurses, and a spiritual caregiver. They spread word about the importance of collegial support for second victims, and they also provided peer-to-peer -peer support after patient safety incidents. And this was a very important step, uh, but we saw that the actual number of calls for peer support was low. 
And we were told that the threshold to contact us was very high for healthcare professionals. So we had to evaluate our process and we decided that depending on a selected trained group of peer supporters, perhaps wasn't the best way to take away this threshold. And this is where we took a different approach. We chose a layered system of peer support with a first and a second level. First level is peer support by your own team members directly surrounding the healthcare professional. And second level is peer support from our core team that can be contacted organization-wide. And the thought behind this is that it is very important that healthcare professionals get acute support following an incident and that this is best given by close colleagues instead of our core team. It is helpful to talk about what happened with someone you already have a trusting relation with mm -hmm. who best knows and understands your work. And often this first level of support is sufficient. And if not, and more is needed, then our core team best gives peer support in the aftermath, days following an incident. And then, was there also a change in focus? Mm -hmm. Yes, there was. Um, with this new approach, we also broadened our focus. We evolved from patient safety incidents to other impacting events as well, like aggression in the workplace. Mm -hmm. And we also started to focus on normalization, what people need for opening up to a colleague after this kind of distressing events, getting people on the floor to set up peer support within their own teams. Um, and as healthcare professionals, they don't need extensive training to do this just giving them information on second victims and what they need and provide them with some do's and don'ts in supporting each other, that's enough. And um, we call them first level peer supporters. As a second level core team, we enforce this normalization by not doing all the peer support ourselves like we did before, but by empowering all these first level peer supporters to do it within their own teams. And uh, when it comes to the training of these first level peer support, Sandra, it's like hearing listeners to this podcast thinking, hey, you're a psychologist and a psychiatrist, and yet you're saying you don't need professional training to provide good peer support. What about that? Mm -hmm. That's right, because in our view and experience, good peer support is given ideally among colleagues on the floor, and you don't need very special requirements to do this. Mm -hmm. This is helping normalizing the topic and lowering the thresholds and barriers for opening up colleague to colleague. Inge, you know, we work with this layered system of first level peer support on the floor and second level peer support from our core team. Yes. Can you elaborate on this idea with all these ambassadors on the floor setting up and giving peer support themselves within their teams? What's left for our core team to do? <laughs> well, yeah, there's still a lot of work for us as well. Uh, think about organizing intervision and learning sessions for the first level peer supporters. Um, in which best practices are shared. And these sessions, they also provide us with valuable information on how to further develop peer support in our organization. Uh, one thing we learned from that is that variables of specific departments, teams, and people call for specific answers in what is helping them building their own peer support system. And we are open for whatever needs they have, and we help organize this. Further, we keep providing new first, new first level supporters with, as mentioned before, a basic training toolkit, some do's and don'ts in peer support, 
And of course, we are also still available to actually give peer support when the first level on the floor is not enough or not available for some reason. And Inge, what are the challenges we face in this process? Um, well, it can be challenging when you are trying to keep a good balance between, on the one hand, being active in creating less barriers, normalization, and a safe culture, and on the other hand, doing this by means of empowering others. It is very important to work together with your hospital board in this, you really need to invest in a shared goal and be together in this with your management to make the peer support system work. If you don't do this, everyone keeps referring to our core second level team after an incident has happened, which is good while the informal first level system is not in place yet. But in the meantime, it is very important to be working together on this long-term goal of creating support systems at the work floor. And over time, our core team will, of course, remain available for advice. And when the first level support is not enough. Um, and about the team, Sandra, we already spoke about how we have a mixed group of healthcare professionals mm -hmm. in our core team of peer support. Do you think it's helpful to have this variety and among them also specific mental health care professionals like yourself? Yes, yes, this variety has proven very helpful in finding our way developing peer support. Nurses, doctors, spiritual caregivers and managers all have complementing experiences to draw from. And this works great together. As specific mental health care colleagues, we are a psychologist, a psychiatric nurse practitioner and a psychiatrist, among others, in our core team. This is helpful in keeping the boundaries between what is still peer support and which is a case in need for professional support outside our scope. Recently, for example, we had a peer support request and our very first contact is always by phone, as you know. Mm -hmm. um, and from what this colleague told us, we offered a contact with one of us mental health colleagues. After that, we suggest a referral to professional mental health care. For that, we also have good contacts on what we call third level support by professionals outside the peer support team for professional help. In peer support, we hold on to a maximum of three contacts. If more is needed, we suggest a referral to professional help. And so the third level, that is a professional help. Yes, correct. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Hey, and Inge, you know, along our way, we have experimented and learned from experiences. In your opinion, which lessons we learned are interesting for other organizations to think about? Um, well, something we spoke about a lot in our team is whether you need a 24-7 on-call system for peer support. Mm -hmm. During COVID, we did organize such a system from our core team because this was a very distressing period for everyone in which nobody knew what to expect exactly. And to have the possibility to talk to someone 24-7 was comforting. Mm -hmm. We also uh, saw that professionals use this system, but they reached out to us mainly from nine to five instead of in weekends and evenings. And this supported our idea that acute support following an incident is best given by direct colleagues instead of our core team. If more is needed, our team best gives peer-to-peer -peer support in the days or week after. So um, that made us downscaling our 24 seven on-call system of course, you sometimes need a backup for second-level peer support in highly extreme situations. 
and then we can be reached to give acute support to teams, but we care to see this as a not very often needed backup intervention. And this also is a topic in which we work and invest to have a shared goal with our hospital management. We rather put effort in a strong first level flow support provided by healthcare professionals instead of dependency on a specifically trained organization-wide team. And this means uh, specific attention and actions from us empowering high-risk wards like the ER or supervising doctors who have an active role in leading their team in a crisis. That brings me to another topic other organizations could think about. From our experiences, we learned that it is a normalization process to create a strong basis of first-level peer support with healthcare professionals who in the first place support each other because it's normal to take care of your colleagues. Maybe you can tell us, Sandra, what this means for the number of peer supporters we have to include in our organization-wide second-level team. Yeah, yeah. this means that we are not training a large number of formal peer supporters in our core team. Rather, we like to see large numbers of first-level peer supporters on the floor, training others in their own teams. We notice that this creates better matched peer support because people on the floor know better the specifics of their teamwork their relations, their needs, and they can see better to these needs than someone outside. Mm -hmm. Okay. And um, what about the future? Do you see new directions and what can help us there? Ah, There is so much uh, to learn, to develop. And for us, uh, it works best to learn by means of collaborative networks. We do this inside our hospital by asking feedback after each peer support Uh, intervision sessions, sharing good practices of peer support on floors, and making different adjustments for different needs within peer support. Mm -hmm. For example, we heard of specific needs of colleagues who are confronted with medical disciplinary procedure of formal complaints. For them, we are now introducing structural peer support from our core team. And of course, we will learn by evaluation whether this fits more to their needs. And we also learn from collaborative networks with other hospitals and organizations. And we can bring and learn from sharing together. At this moment, for instance, we are very interested in hospitals who are facilitating and training open disclosure uh, conversations between patient and caregiver after an adverse event. And in the future, we like to invest further in conditions that normalize, make it easier to trust and communicate about when something went wrong and prevent burden for first and second victims. Maybe this podcast can also serve to bring learning experiences together. Listeners are more than welcome to reach us by email at peersupport at suiderland.nl. Thank you already, listeners, for listening to this podcast. Thank you, Ernst, for setting up this network to share our experiences. And everybody, keep up your good work. Well, thank you so much. It was great to listen to your conversation. And I was here in the first row looking at uh, you talking about 
this peer support program. So thank you so much. Uh, and as Sandra has introduced, so uh, the description uh, that we will have uh, in this podcast, you can find uh, the email address uh, of Inga and Sandra and you can reach them. So they they are very open to to be contact and to uh, answer your questions. Yes. So thank you so much for your uh, participation in this podcast. Uh, it's really a pleasure to have you here. And well, see you in another opportunity. Thank Thanks you, a Sophia. Lot. Thank you. It was a pleasure. Thank you for having us. Bye. Thank you. <laughs> If you want to know more about the Ernst Cost Action, if you want to know more about the Ernst Training School, you can also check the description for more information. See you soon and stay tuned.